This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Well, hello and welcome, my friends, my loves, my family. My people who check off more than one of those boxes, welcome to the wine situation. Oh, I guess complete strangers, you're welcome to. Um, if you're listening to this and you enjoy it, I'm sure we enjoy raising a glass together. But we will not be raising a glass together, which is exactly why the wine situation is currently a podcast about the situation being that we all need to be staying indoors by ourselves, or at least just wear your, wear your fucking mask properly when you go out. Um, because there is COVID-19 pandemic going on and it just keeps getting worse recently. So I am here to help out. I am here, you may be lonely, you may be alone, you may be like, I shouldn't drink alone, but let my voice be a virtual hug of your soul. And why don't you open something, like, open something, open the good stuff. Or open something you're excited about and been putting off and just raise a freaking glass with me during this podcast, because I am here to be your friend and tell you things about wine, and moreover, to be your drinking buddy. So, yeah. Welcome to the show. Who am I? I'm Ellen Clifford, the palate, certified sommelier with the Quartermaster Sommeliers, currently pursuing one test away from getting my diploma from the Wine and Spirit Educational Trust. Did I say Wine and Spirit? Wine and Spirits Educational Trust. And, uh, you know, I write stuff for Delectable and I'm working on something hopefully new for something else. And I also write stuff that my name doesn't go on, but you guys will never know where you can read it because it doesn't sound like me when I write it for this company. Um, anyway, so this show, what, what you, I think I forgot to say it last time, but this show, look, first of all, most seriously and most importantly, this show is just straight up cold hard content. Can we all agree with this? This is content for you. Um, but what does this content consist of? Well, on the wine situation, I got segments and I got tangents and I got tangents and I got segments. Sometimes more tangents than segments, but I try to control myself, but I'm really bad at it, guys. I'm really bad at it. That's why I have, I have a whole... Um, agenda here set out for me to make sure that I say everything I'm supposed to, which reminds me on this agenda here, I have uh, a shout out to Katie in Berlin. I told you guys last week, I would love it if you hit me up on the Instagram, send me a picture of what you're drinking, say hi. Uh, that'd be super cool. And I really appreciate Katie reaching out and saying hello. Um, that was nice. She was drinking a bottle of Justin that we have this like this like sixteen five percent alcohol level. And it's like what? That's a little insane. Um, oh, another thing that I have here is this is uh, episode number ninety two by my count. I should go back and fact check that. But I'm just starting to contemplate what should I do for turning a hundred. What should I do? Should I open like something crazy? Should I open something crazy? I'm trying to think what I have right now that's crazy. I might have to buy something crazy for that or have a crazy guest. I don't know. But whatever I do, it, it'll it be fun and I will be excited and I will hope that you will celebrate with me. Ah, <sighs> So, Ellen the Palette, you might ask me, uh, what are we doing today? 
let, let's uh, let's go over what's to come in this thrilling, surely thrilling, um, you know, half hour to hour of me babbling. Although, well, there is a treat at the end. My God, there's a treat. I'm I'm nervous about this, you guys. Um, so, okay, the agenda. Back to life. Back to reality. Back to the here. And I'll stop. Um, so uh, first, we're just going to have a brief. I, I always have to throw something non-wine in the beginning these days. So, uh, but, but what I'm going to call moniker musing. Some thoughts I've been having about my name. Then we are going to uh, embark upon this episode's who, what, when, where, why, wine, the game that's actually a game where I drop clues like some nice floor to sell throughout the uh, the content that is this episode, the vegetarian content, is it? Is it a plate of bitter greens? I've been eating a lot of bitter greens recently and I'm so into it. It is delicious. Um, dandelion? Chard, bok choy, okay. See, tangent already. So we're gonna have um, who, what, when, where, why, wine going throughout the episode. I will introduce to you uh, this fabulous wine that's staring at me, made by a woman winemaker. And oh my God, it was. It, this is like delayed gratification. I'll, I'll explain when I enter the wine, but um, I'm really excited to try this wine. Then we are going to have um, just add wine, where I talk about adding wine to something that doesn't normally involve wine. And then is the, the drunk dial, which really will be drunk on nerves. I'm, I'm calling up um, tomorrow. I have a phone call scheduled with Julia Coney, who is a superstar and a really nice person. Uh, I met her at the wine... Uh, the... Uh, Talk carefully, Ellen. I met her at the Symposium for Professional Wine Writers at the Meadowood in Napa. God, that's a long title. Um, she's super cool, and she's been doing a lot of amazing work. And yeah, I'm, I'm surprised she even had time for me, but I am grateful that she did. Check it out. We are only just a little over six minutes in on this Thursday night at 10.54 as I record this, and, and already I'm ready to get to the first thing on the agenda. I don't think I left out anything. Huh. No, I think that was all. Um, so the moniker musing is, I'm thinking, and I've already, <laughs> I've changed it, uh, at least in the, uh, you know, the name it shows for me on my Instagram, and <laughs> I've changed it on my settings for my Zoom, which, you know, is all important these days. Uh, I'm thinking of starting to go by L, E-L-L-E, because when, well, I mean, it's almost Ellen, but L Clifford just feels really good to me. I hear that, and I'm like, yeah, who is she? I want to be her. Um, she probably has smart things to say and, you know, is gorgeous and talented too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying it out. I got cold feet earlier today when I, uh, I had a Zoom wine tasting. Uh, that <laughs> This was the tasting that I was supposed to have received the wine they were tasting by then, and I had not, but then it came later, and now I'm getting ready to drink it. I was supposed to save that story for later, but now you know it. Um, yeah, I, I suddenly realized they were like, okay, it was a small tasting, like just a bunch of writers. Um, they're like, go around and say who you write for, say your name. And I was like, hi, I'm Ella. <laughs> and I was having such a hard time because I saw Elle up there and I was like, are they wondering 
who I am? Are they confused? How do I change this for my wine writing? Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, guys. If anyone has experienced a name change and wants to talk to me about it, I'm all ears or all eyes on the message you're going to send me somewhere. Okie dokie. The only downside I can see to becoming L is that I can't have the nickname of Natural Log anymore. LN, get it? Natural Log? Sorry, deep cut math joke. Um, no one's called me that since 10th grade anyway, and it was mostly just one math teacher, but I always enjoyed it. It's like, okay, Natural Log, give us the answer. Yeah. Oh god, I crack myself up sometimes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Let's get the first clue in who, what, when, where, why, wine. Your who is Italy. Yeah, that's right. Italy. Italy is your who here. Is it your where? We'll get there when we get there. Let me introduce you to the wine that I am going to be drinking today. I'll tell you some, some factoids about it and its winemaker, and uh, then we, I will get another clue, and then we'll like taste it. Well, I'll take a quick taste before the... Okay, let's just do this. So I have a glass of um, the 2019 Fiano, grown in Lodi, Cal Lodi, California, not in Italy, but Lodi, California, by Oak Farm, which is, this was who I had the Zoom tasting scheduled with earlier today, and because they still, they do, their family, um, uh, the, the Pinella family, um, did I get that right? Yes, the Pinella family, um, I knew we were going to be tasting with Dan Pinella, he's one of the winemakers there, but little did I know that he, they were going to be like, oh, hey, and here's, Sierra Zider, Zider, Z-E-I-T-E-R. She's come on recently as, you know, another winemaker here. And I was like, ooh, okay, we have another bomb-ass woman winemaker. And when I get this wine that everyone's so excitedly tasting, then I'm jealous I will get to taste it. Um, and I can use it on the podcast. So, yeah, Sierra Zader, she, uh, she was born and raised in Lodi. She says she knew she wanted to make wine when she was 15. So... Um, you know, she went and got her degree from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. She interned in New Zealand in Paso Robles and also in Lodi. Um, she, she knows her stuff, guys. And uh, so, so she said there's two goals that she has with Oak Farm, which are one, quality over quantity. Amen. Um, Apparently, they they actually, she said they go through, like, this time of year, I think this time of year, um, hand-picking fruit, like, the and about 50% of the grapes grown end up on the ground. And this is this is for the purpose of really concentrating the flavor of, of the remaining grapes. So, I mean, that's a big old, they're not just churning out as much wine as they can. Um, yeah, her that's one of her goals. The other is she wants the... Um, she wants the wine's qualities to be true, like true to the variety and the vineyard. In other words, like, you know, they're not going to use a ton of oak. They really want you to taste the rainbow of Lodi. <laughs> um, Lodi is, in fact, coming up as a place that you're seeing more Italian varieties, also Spanish. Um, Fiano is a white grape, for those of you who do not know. And it, she told us it has teardrop-shaped... Um, grapes. It's thick-skinned. It has good high acid. 
And she says they actually pick based on acid level, not sugar level. Uh, three quarters uh, percent native fermentation. And she said the reason they add some uh, to some of it is to like control when um, the, I guess the wine is going through the system. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at more facts about this. Uh, let me read the vineyard notes and winemaking notes. <clears throat> Estate grown, this varietal is particularly special to the owners, the Pinella family, because it originated in Avellino, Italy. Inland from Naples, the southern Italian province is where the Pinella family comes from. Lodi shares some similarities with the southern Italy, uh, with southern Italy when it comes to climate, and as a result. Fiano seems to be a fantastic fit here on the northwest side of our state. The vines are trade VSP, vertical shoot position, trellis system. Some leaf removal took place on the north side of the rows to help with airflow. A large amount of crop was thinned, dropped on the ground. Uh, yes, she was telling us that. To help maintain a balance and increase the flavor of the remaining fruit. Now their winemaking notes are, grapes are hand-picked in the morning and gently whole cluster pressed to a temperature-controlled stainless steel tank. Next, the juice is racked and split into two tanks, one uh, fermented naturally, native yeast, and the other inoculated with cultured yeast. After a long, cool fermentation, the wine was transferred to neutral oak barrels for a short aging period on light lees with no stirring. Um, coolio. So, oh, and the other cool thing about Lodi is they were sort of the first to really uh, make a, an effort to be sustainable. They developed the Lodi rules, which is 104 points of sustainability, um, which includes how they treat their, their workers in the vineyard, which is very important. And apparently they also involves like having birdhouses and owl houses. I didn't even know you could make an owl house. Uh, I, I think that helps take care of pests. Yeah, jazz hands. Dudes, I was so, like, everyone was so excited about the Fiano at this tasting, so I just knew that was going to be the first. I have a few other of their their wines. They make a Barbera, um, they make another blend, they make a Rosé. Anyway, um, I knew this was what I wanted to drink. I cheers to you, listeners. Oh. Oh, hell yeah. That is just what this hot, hot evening called for. This is delicious. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But first, my dear darlings, we're going to go back to the game that actually is a game, unlike what we're about to do, which is not a game, and uh, give you another clue. Remember that your who is Italy. Italy from whence this Fiano grape came, but the Fiano has nothing to do with uh, the region that I, I want you to figure out I'm talking about. The what is elevation of, uh, elevation, like there's a lot of elevation here. Over 55% of the area has vines over 400 meters. So, you know, think, think mountains, think valleys, think slopes. Think that. Take that and put it in your glass. Okay, are you guys ready to play What's in the Glass, the game that's not a game? Because uh, I sure am. Let's look at this. I'll do my tasting notes and then we can see what the winemaker tasting notes, although I will probably be jaded by what I heard them saying during the tasting, but that was hours ago. And you guys, I stayed up to like seven in the morning today and then like got up at 10. <laughs> so uh, I did have a short nap, but you, you know, I'm not promising I remember everything that I didn't write down at that tasting. I'm trying to tell you that I'm going to be honest about what I taste and hopefully not 
uh, influ influenced. So let's look at this wine. It is a medium lemon yellow with some like hints of gold to it. It's a very pleasing shade if I do say so myself. Um, let's see. Legs, legs, legs. Oh, they're kind of medium thick. Um, this wine has like a, a bit of structure to it. Um, let's listen to our wine. Taking a listen. It said it's okay to drink it. Well, that's good because I already did, honey. I don't know why I call this wine honey. This one, honey, I'm sorry. You're not a honey. You are a wine. You have dignity. I understand. Okay. I got to stop talking to my wine, guys. Um, let's smell. Whew. Lots of like lemon fruit. It kind of, it almost smells golden. It's, there's a little bit of like, definitely something kind of herbal about it. Mm. Some sort of sweet smelling flower, but not quite honeysuckle. I need to, I need to go somewhere with lots of flowers and smell them all, guys, and commit them to memory. Or just buy, my, buy myself flowers at the store more often. Um, yeah, like sweet floral. There's something a little orange to it. Um, it it's very intriguing. Let's just put it on the palette. <laughs> Let us put it upon our palette. Because I am the palette. So I guess I'm just saying I'm going to put it upon me. I'll take it. Oh, yeah, that does have medium plus acid, if not high. Um, the uh, alcohol, I would say, is medium-ish. Like, I would go, I'd go, hmm. I'm not getting much of a burn. Um, 12. Let's, uh, let's find out. Let me look at the bottle and see what it says. Thirteen percent. Oh, tricky. Um, also, the, the bottle has a really pretty etching of an oak tree on it. Apparently, it's called Oak Farm because there were a lot of, or maybe there there still are a lot of oak trees there. Makes sense. Um, okay, so we went through acid, alcohol. The body is silky and medium. It really coats, coats your tongue in a very pleasant way, i got to say. I'm so fucking excited for Fiano now. I'm like, i got to seek this out from all over the place. Um, flavor intensity is medium plus. Getting everything I got on the palette, a little more honey notes, a little less floral, a little more sap, um, a little more citrus. Um, a little bit of pineapple, like sharp pineapple can pineapple i guess pineapple actually is kind of spiky and sharp but I, I meant in flavor it's not that like overly ripe jammy kind um yeah let me see about the finish it really like hangs onto your tongue um you don't feel it's <laughs> i guess it hangs out in the mid palate quite a long time since i said i was trying to uh, notice where the wine does what. Um, it, yeah, it hits you with a sharp sharpness on the tongue and then it lingers on the palate and you get a, a nice whoosh of acid afterwards. I'd put it in medium plus finish. finish. Um, and these wines are only like around $25. Like they really do, they're good value wines as well um, as being yummy to drink. Um, okay, let's just see what their tasting notes are. 
I don't know why I said it so like with the weird condescension. I was like, let me see what their notes are. Um, I trust them. This southern Italian variety contains aromas of melon, apricot, and buttered pecans. <laughs> Completely different than what I said. <laughs> it is bright and fresh on the palate with vibrant notes of sea stone and orange peel. This wine contains an elegant lingering finish, that's for sure. Um, I also have some notes that people said while we were tasting, um, which is green apple, citrus, lavender, herbal, and butter pecan from the barrel. Well, I got the citrus and lavender and herbal. Maybe... I think the tasting notes were maybe written by someone else, and Sierra, the winemaker, is the one who was telling us, like, green apple, citrus, lavender, herbal, and because those are more close to the ones I had, I choose to believe them. <laughs> Not getting the butter pecan, but guys, what's the last time I ate butter pecan? Um, hmm. Don't know. Probably never have. Ooh, buddy, yeah, there's so much more orange on, on the palette. This is so good, guys. Okay, Oak Farm, look for it. It's yummy, it's affordable. I can't wait to taste their other offerings. I, I got a few bottles. And, oh yes, and she said yeah, you should pair it with seafood or seafood salad, which I will not do as a vegetarian. I will pair it with something light though. I mean, it's so light and crisp, it would even, I would, hmm. I was about to say I'd even eat it with an artichoke, but no, I don't think this would go well with artichoke. Hmm, what veggie dish would this go with? I mean, I just want everything with pizza recently. I haven't had pizza in quite a while. Hmm. You know what else I haven't had that this would be fabulous with? And this is like a no, no shit Sherlock. Uh, french fries. You guys, I think I haven't ordered french fries since lockdown. I normally would get french... I mean, well, I normally was out and would end up... I was talking to my friend Shahrazad. Um, who, shout out Scheherazade, former guest of the show. She has opened a food pantry in these troubled times. I'm trying to go there and volunteer once a week, so, um, you know, uh, if, if you need food in L.A., hit me up. I'll tell you when it is. <laughs> you can come visit. Um, yeah, it's a totally free food pantry set up almost like a store. We let one person in at a time. We sanitize their hands. I've, like, it's, it's a pretty safe uh, situation, and it's giving a lot of people food. Okay. See, that was, you guys, that was what we call a tangent here. And just in case you were confused about this content, that was a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting silly, because I think because I'm so excited about wine, I get kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> where was I? Now I've completely lost my place. Oh, I was talking about french fries, and I got there because I was talking about pizza which I got to because I was talking about pairing this wine with something vegetarian. Um, no, I can't see seafood salad, but I could see this being great with a fruit salad with like a little like honey dressing on it. Although the sweetness, yeah, no, actually that would be really good. Somebody make me a tropical fruit salad um, with like pineapple and, you know, some honeydew and maybe some watermelon, just like a little bit of watermelon though. Um, and... Uh, uh, strawberry, but not too much strawberry. It's all about balance, guys. And strawberries, I love them, but they eat my mouth aloud. I don't know what it is, but they, I feel like they abuse my mouth um, in a way that I don't find pleasant. Some abuse is okay, not that. that uh, no, sorry, guys, I'm getting weird again. <sighs> I gotta calm down. Okay, let us get back to the game that actually is a game. I think I just go crazy when I'm playing the game that's not a game. 
I need to get back to the game that actually is a game. Who, what, when, where, why, wine. Your who is Italy. Your what is a lot of elevation. <laughs> and who, what, when, your when is when you, uh, I just realized I forgot to write a when. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's when you want to learn to pronounce a bunch of grape varieties that um, most people have never heard of and you may still forget the name of. I'll say that. Okay? Okay. We now have just add wine. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's wishful thinking, <laughs> but it's baseball. <laughs> I miss baseball so much and I think they're coming back, but then they're like, nah, and then like a Cardinals player has COVID. I don't know what's going on with baseball. I haven't checked the news in the last 20 minutes to see what's happening with baseball or anything or who knows what's going on. Um, hopefully nothing terrible from when I record this to when I air it. Hopefully nothing ever terrible again. Like hopefully the rest of this year is just super duper. Um, yeah. So baseball. I grew up feeling like I hated going to baseball games, I think because they were loud and I was loaded to the ground and smelled like beer. And it was just like my parents screaming, like jumping up and screaming and I didn't get it because, I mean, I did really, you guys, I grew up in like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was little, but like Ozzie Smith era Cardinals with him backflipping and shit. Um, so that was cool. And my parents would be like, we'll get you a hot dog. And uh, they had these little Edie's ice cream with the wooden spoon attached. Um, I, I was bribed with food to like sit through it all. But I hated it. And I didn't love baseball until um, 2006, right before I was getting ready to leave, uh, leave the city. And it was a, a World Series thing. Anyway, you guys don't need to know why I love baseball. You just need to know that now I go to baseball games. And as an adult, I have to say, aside from just like being far from the ground so the beer smell isn't like too much um, up in my nose, because I still hate beer. I've tried to like it. I really have. Um, yeah. Uh, so the most baseball I've seen in the last... Well, obviously, I've been living here since 2007. Um, so the most baseball I've seen in, in the last 13 years has been at Dodger Stadium, which uh, every time I go, the wine they're selling is slightly different. But yeah, like sometimes it would come just in a cup from maybe a bottle. Sometimes it was in these little containers with like a peel off top. Those were cute and easy to carry without spilling. Sometimes it was in like a miniature, just like a mini bottle. Uh, all I know is that, like, I feel like, I mean, I know beer is supposed to go with baseball the most. Uh, incidentally, this wine is getting, like, more aromatic and floral by the second. I'm getting orange blossom. I'm getting even a hint of lychee. So, anyway, by the time I went to a baseball game as an adult, uh, I could have booze. And I feel like, even though beer is sort of, like, the beverage of baseball, Wine suits it very well because I feel like baseball is, it's such an interesting balance between like, you just have to kind of like sit back and maybe you converse with who you're there with um, and kind of like get meditative with it. Just like watch the action on the food, um, sing along with whatever the organ is playing. Uh, and then uh, every so often, hopefully a lot, hopefully it's an exciting game. You're standing up and screaming your fucking guts out. 
and then you sit back down and you sip your wine or chug your beer. I don't know. I feel like wine goes very well with baseball. I also feel like nothing goes better with those garlic fries than, you know, a generic cab. <laughs> I love the fries at Dodger Stadium. Oh my god. Um, and in truth, I actually have never been to the new Bush Stadium, and I really want to. And I'm sure they have wine there. These days, wine is pretty much everywhere. I would love if, uh, if Covell put a bar into Dodger Stadium. That's my dream. And my dream is that we all can actually go to Dodger Stadium again and not just to get tested for Covell. COVID for Covell. Get tested for Covell. It's deep in my veins, guys. Um, yeah, Covell is deep in my veins. But uh, I have not gone for a COVID test because I don't think I've had it. And also, I'm just like, I've, there's only one person I'm, I'm actually really hanging out with. Um, tangent. More tangents. Tangents all the way. I would love to hear who enjoys what food at what baseball stadium. Because someday I dream of going around and visiting like all the different stadiums and enjoying the phenomenon that is baseball, which is like a chess game. Oh, that's the other thing. When I moved here, then I just started reading about baseball, and I was like, oh my god, there's so much more to this than I knew. Um, and I like to watch it, and I like being a fan. Uh, I like, you know, it's funny, the wine community, it definitely feels like you're kind of, it feels like you're a team, and you're all kind of after the same thing, and you want the same thing, and you want to elevate the good stuff and the good people. And I feel like being a fan is kind of like that. Like you all share this one sort of like drive and thing that you love. And it doesn't matter that you don't know the person. You are going to scream bloody murder. Uh, not You know what I mean. <laughs> With them and cheering on the same thing. Although when I go to Dodger Stadium, most people are cheering for the Dodgers. Last time I went to a game, it was with my friend Shelby. She's a Dodger fan. But like, I mean... I don't know. Some people think this makes us assholes, but I'm like, I'm from St. Louis. We just love baseball. Baseball's awesome. So as long as you're a true fan and you're not an asshole, <laughs> looking at you, I won't say the name of the team. <laughs> so uh, adding wine to baseball, I think is a beautiful thing, and I will continue to do it when I can, which oh, we're all just waiting to be able to add wine to baseball, guys. Okay. Let's not get tragic. Uh, let's go back to the game that actually is a game, because apparently it keeps me from spinning out. Who, what, when, where, why? Wine. Our who is Italy. Our what is elevation. Our when is when you want to learn to pronounce a bunch of uh, varieties that no one else has heard of. Your where, stay with me now, your where is France. That's right. Your who is Italy and your where is France. Deal with it. <laughs> this is the point of the podcast where before I give you your final clue, I'm like, hey dudes, if you want to leave me five stars on iTunes, if you want to get on the Instagram or the wine situation, or I'm just Ellen Clifford, although it now says L Clifford, like, but I haven't changed the actual handle, but maybe I should. <sighs> this is really hard, guys. Um, but say hi to me. If you can't find Ellen Clifford, then look for L Clifford. Yeah. Um and uh, all that. Let's get on to our why. Should I run through the clues again? They were pretty simple. Who? Italy. What? Elevation. 
when when you want to learn some new variety names, where France? Why? You want some really cool, more deeply hued, delicious rosé. According to the Oxford Companion to Wine in 2013, I'm, I have an old uh, variation of it, guys, but in 2013, 67% of production in this place was a rosé. I don't know why I said that with that accent. It's totally just rosé. Have you guessed it yet? Guys, I'm talking about Corsica. It uh, was... Um, it was the Italians, it was, it was the Genoese that controlled it, and in 1768, oh, I should have made that year, my year, uh, they ceded it to the French. I don't know why I keep pronouncing things oddly. Uh, they ceded it to the French, so a lot of the varieties there are like Italian ones, um, and it's closer to Italy, but it is, in fact, a part of France. What will you find there? Um, so you're probably familiar with, say, Chianti, uh, which is made of Sangiovese. We all know Sangiovese, right? Um, there they call it uh, Nieluccio, N-I-E-L-L-U-C-C-I-U. -I, -I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. See, I have things to learn. Uh, Nieluccio. Then they also have Chacarilla, which is like one of my favorite things to do, because not to do, to say because I want to sing it to the tune of, um, uh, <laughs> of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I really want to be like, Shakarella, Shakarella, Mamma Mia, let me go. Oh, God, I'm ridiculous. So that's spelled S-C-I-A-C-A-R-E-L-L-A. -L -L -A. I maybe was saying it wrong. That in other areas of the world, the, the, the grape is known as Mamalo. And then they, for the white grape, th those first two were red grapes. Um, the white grape that they make the most of uh, is Vermentino, also sometimes known as Favorito, Favorito or, um, uh, uh, what is it, Pegato. And they also do a little bit of sweet musket. So, yeah, Corsica. And also they're just like, every rosé I've had there, I'm like, that's so good. Hey, you might see subregions of it mentioned, um, like Patrimonio, that's on the north coast. You also see a bunch of uh, different Ven de Corse, that's Corsican wine, with like a subtitle of which part of it it's from. I won't read them all right now. Uh, you guys, look for Corsica. Uh, you don't see a ton of it. I mean, it's one island, and apparently they're mostly only exporting the rosé. I don't blame them, the rosés. I guess it's time for me to introduce our guest today. I met her at that uh, wine symposium. Oh yeah, I think I told you, I met her at the wine symposium. She is super nice, she is super cool, and she just, uh, she's been working her tail off because she just launched Black Wine Professionals, which is a resource if you, uh, you know, don't want everything in wine to be white and male, which, oh good lord, it's why I'm trying to focus on women. Uh, she's she wrote a really good article about uh, like race relations in wine uh, called "Your Glass Ceiling Is My Glass Box." It was a response to something written by Karen McNeil, which we all love. Karen McNeil, the Wine Bible is a great book, but um, yeah, um, it was she had written something about uh, being a glass ceiling for for women, and Julia wanted to uh, open up the conversation about it being so much more. So. 
let's uh yeah let's get ready for a good conversation i'm, I'm calling her tomorrow i'm nervous already drunk on nerves uh let's have a chat so welcome to the wine situation hey thank you for having me so excited to be here i know i'm so you've been so busy lately so i was like oh she has time for me i'm i'm so excited <laughs> i always have time for a fellow fellow a fellow fellow yeah yes um Okay, well, let's uh, let's get into these questions. They're, you know, really hard-hitting journalism right here. The first one is just, uh, what you drinking these days? What are you into? Or you can tell me what's in your glass right now. <laughs> what's in, um, I'm always into bubbles. I love bubbly. Mm-hmm. I think it brings, I am a believer of bubbles bring the party. So yeah, I am true. currently drinking a brand called, a wine producer called Corollary out of the Willamette Valley. And this is a 2017 Montazi Vineyard Sparkling Brute Rosé. One of the things I love about this is they have a URL on the back of the label. So you can find out all about the wine when you type in that label into the, in, into the interweb. I like it. I'll have to look that up. I'm writing something about Sparkling Rosé right now. So I should speak that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, question number two is uh, what's either the – Best or most interesting pairing you've had? Oh, wow. It's very, you're going to love this. So this pairing happened. It was over the past couple of weeks. I work in wine retail. And one of the things that we do is, you know, support the community. And um, we have something called One Wine, One Dish, which I do. And I love it because it forces me to, like, cook things I normally wouldn't maybe cook or just outside the box because I love it. And I had dry rosé from Early Mountain in Virginia paired with a grilled cheese sandwich with apples, cheddar, and apple butter. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. (laughs) So delicious. Like, if you're not – if you don't want to do, like, bread or anything, I would just tell you slice a beautiful apple paste, sharp cheddar cheese. Or one of the things I did with mine – Trader Joe's makes this, like, smoked cheddar or something. Ooh. It's a smoked cheddar, like cheese. I sliced it with a peeler, like a vegetable peeler oh. to make it really thin. Yeah. Yeah. And then I sliced the apple thin, and I just grilled cheese it. And it yeah. was divine with this rosé. It just, uh, it felt like it was decadent, but I wasn't really cooking. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, this is great. I'm not really yeah. cooking because it's a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Well, I'm always here for bread, so that sounds really good. Um, Awesome. Okay, question three is uh, when you're not drinking wine, and this can be alcoholic or not, uh, what do you like to drink? Topo Chico from the globe. (laughs) Yes, I am originally from the South. We love our Topo Chico. I have discovered it's a Texas thing. Yes, it is. And I like Topo Chico. Only in glass bottles, not the plastic bottles. I think the carbonation is very different. And one of the reasons why I do, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll drink a, like, I'll pull three or four glasses, glass bottles by the day. I drink those. But the thing about the Topo Chico is you can leave the glass out on your desk on a counter overnight. The The concentration of bubbles still stays the next day. Oh, wow. That's impressive. You don't have, yeah, no refrigeration needed. Like, I just drink, because I drink at room temperature anyway, uh-huh. but it's just so intense on bubbles. And 
I, you know, I have one of those soda uh, streams that make bubbles. Yeah. Nothing does the same as this Topo Chico for concentration, plus it's mineral water. And so it actually helps your skin, your nails, your hair. But I'm in D.C., and it's an exorbitant amount of money compared to what it costs in Texas, you know. So, yeah, I still buy it by the case when I, cases when I can find it on sale. So yeah. I'm always, like, if I get to down to one case of 12 bottles, I'm like, this is a little low. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that on my – I've had it before, and I'm, like, always really enjoyed it. So I'm going to have to go – I got to go get some of that. <laughs> Um, okay, well, you're talking about it being good for the skin and stuff uh, segues well into my, my next question, which is kind of in homage to your your beauty blogging that you've done. Um, so, like, for instance, I know when I drink Havel, maybe it's the color, maybe it's the taste. I don't know what it is about that, that type of wine, but I, it makes me feel really beautiful drinking it. Um, what what wine makes, makes you feel beautiful? <sighs> It also depends on the day, but like, oh. I think I will say red wine. I'm a really big okay. proponent. I like a lot of different styles of red wine. So it's almost a mood thing. Not yeah. really like there are sometimes like I want a Pinot Noir. Sometimes I want, you know, a Cabernet from California. Sometimes yeah. I want a Merlot. It's really more of a mood. I look at wine as fragrance. And so for me, it's kind of the same when, you know, as a wine professional, when you're around people, you don't wear fragrance. Right. And But my background is beauty and the concentration of my background in beauty was fragrance. So for me, I look at what wine I want to have that day. And it reminds me of the way fragrance was like, who do I want to be that day through through a scent? I want to know who do I want to be through the glass? Where do I want to travel with my nose? And so for me, I look at being feeling like, oh, this is great, depending on where I actually want to go. If I want to feel what I call zesty and vibrant and fun, Uh I'm going to like Willamette Valley if I'm drinking a Pinot Noir. Uh If I want to feel like bold and just like I own the world, I'm drinking (laughs) a Napa Valley Cabernet. That's literally how I'm feeling. And And I drink it year round. I'm like a person, yeah. I drink Cabernet year-round. I drink Rosé year-round. I drink everything year-round, too, but I live in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, we should drink it year-round. It's yeah. not meant to be a seasonal thing. But there's sometimes, like, I just want light and fun, and I can uh-huh. equate that. If you think of, there used to be a fragrance called Calyx by Prescriptive, and it smells green. It smells like grass, and it's fresh and fun. If I'm, like, having a great summer day, and I'm like, I just want to sit on my porch, I'm going to drink an Albarino or Vino Verde. That's Ooh. going to give me that same sense of what I want to feel in a glass. That is so cool. I love that answer. That is, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, I like a person who appreciates Vigneault Verde. So. <laughs> oh, so good. So yeah, good. Have you ever had the Vigneault Verde, like the rosés they make there? I, those are my current favorite. Like I, I brought some of. home last year from Portugal. Nice. And that was the, I mean, because they're just everywhere. We don't get as much in the U.S. You get a couple, you know. Yeah. But the just breath of having them was so divine. It was late summer. You know, it was one of those Indian summers in Portugal, was September. And mm-hmm. I was, I literally was pounding that stuff. You I was like in there right before me because I was there in October and I was just like, these have such good rosé. I was there two <laughs> weeks before you. Oh. Two weeks before you. Yeah. 
That's so cool. Um, oh, you might have been on the trip that, like, I think I was supposed to go on with, with the. I was maybe visit through the the like the what did they call it? just the organization there? No, actually, I led a group. Tri- I led two weeks of back to back group trips in Portugal. Oh wow! I work for a, my friend. My friend has a luxury tour company, and I'm the director of wine and culinary, and it's catered to African Americans in the luxury travel capacity. And so we did, we do food and wine trips, and I'm over the food and wine. <laughs> and so okay, we well, took two different groups to Portugal. Well, when we finish this uh, conversation, you and I are going to gossip about what we, where we like to go in Portugal. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Okay, well, the uh, last question is the, the classic question we've been asking on this podcast since the dawn of it, which is just, uh, what? Oh, wait, did I ask all my questions? Yes. Uh, um, what's bringing you some joy these days? What, can I tell you? I know it sounds so crazy. What is bringing me joy is the breath of people in the wine industry who are coming together to affect change right now. We're in a global pandemic. We're in a racial pandemic. It's a time of civil unrest. It's a time of civil understanding it is conversations that are difficult to have and how they're willing to have them the ones that are willing to have those conversations Mm -hmm. i think is beautiful i think the way this industry has been called on its head i think what what groups are forming what what foundations are forming how people are really uniting and unifying to change what we know needs to change Mm -hmm. but they're actually doing the work to make these changes not just saying oh yeah i know we need to change that right. to me is beautiful. That's awesome. I love that. Um, well, I'm so glad we could do this, and we're going to talk more after. But do you want to uh, tell the listeners, you know, where to find you? What to about? Uh, you can tell them about your your organization that you just started, the uh, Black Wine Professionals. Um, uh, where well, your Julia Coney on Instagram. I know that much. But, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do the coffee. Yeah. So I am Julia Coney. Yeah, I'm Julia Coney. I'm a Washington, D.C. and Houston, Texas-based wine journalist. I am the recent founder of Black Wine Professionals. It is a new organization dedicated to actually giving access, showing the breadth of Black wine professionals around the world, not just in the U.S. We're also partnering people in different regions to actually showcase all this beautiful Black wine talent that a lot of people didn't know were out there. We're actually working on sponsorships. We're actually working scholarships, webinars. There's going to be a book club. We're going to be a job board. We're just really wanting to promote the industry that I love and to showcase that the way wine has been portrayed in the world, and especially here in the U.S., that it is not a monolith. It is so many diverse people in it, so many diverse voices, so many people who love the industry, but I felt never got there just to. So this is a way, as I like to say, we give them their flowers while they're here on this planet, on this side of the ground. And so we're going to work with different organizations, consortiums, to actually get people jobs, to give them education, to further their education, kind of like continuing education as well. And so these are actually people who have been working in the industry from anywhere between like three to four years and and further along than that. Wine buyers, directors, psalms, media, podcasters, marketing. So it's not just people who run, run uh, work in consumer facing, but actually uh, different parts of the supply chain, just highlighting their work. 
highlighting them. So, and actually, you know, put the one of the things about the job board, people may want to, they may need to leave another city, one city and go to another. There's a job board. They can, we can help them find jobs. So it is something that has launched within the last four weeks. So it's been a lot going on on my yeah. <laughs> I am, I'm really excited about what we, what we're going to do. I'm excited about the team that I put together to help me uh, facilitate this as well. Amazing. Well, we are all so lucky to have you. Um, well, thank you for doing this. And uh, yeah, um, I yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad. This is fun. I needed this. I needed this today. I needed this. So thank you. Excellent. Cheers. Cheers. Glass. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with my pH. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with minute names. I just. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.